Welcome to the Basketball Show Podcast Network. I'm your host, Paul Sir, and we're going to focus today on the CEBL, the Canadian Elite Basketball League Championship Weekend that was held recently in Edmonton, Alberta. Now, the longtime moniker for the city of Edmonton was the City of Champions due to the many dynastic championships that the Edmonton Eskimos, now the Edmonton Elks, and the Edmonton Oilers won giving this city a sense of pride and a sense of that that there was nothing that they couldn't be done on a sporting field or on the ice. Well, there's a new champion in Edmonton, and actually it's the second of a back-to-back championship for the Edmonton Stingers of the CEBL. But this time, what's different is it was played on home turf. At the Expo Center, the the Edmonton Stingers were able to win their championship in front of a raucous, home crowd and take away their second championship in a row. So today we're going to talk about what that championship means to the city of Edmonton. I'll be speaking with Doug McLean. I had the pleasure to work with Doug in calling the first three home games for the Edmonton Stingers this year. And Doug's known to many in the Edmonton area for all of his work that he's done with the Golden Bear programs in a variety of sports And as well, Doug has done a lot of broadcasting internationally for a variety of sports as well. So Doug joins me, and we reflect on this season and look ahead. I also have the opportunity, and this is very special, in having the three-time MVP, Xavier Moon. And when I say that's very special, there are only three MVP awards that have been given out in the CEBL in its third season of play. So Xavier has all three, and so Xavier, always a gentleman, joins me, along with local great, the University of Alberta's Jordan Baker. Uh, Jordan, most people regard as the top Canadian in the league. He received that award last year. Uh, It was a very close race this year, uh, having Lindell Wigington from Hamilton actually win the award, but uh, in many people's mind, Jordan is the best Canadian in the league. So Jordan and Xavier join me as well. I think you'll enjoy this, and I'm looking forward to talking with Doug McLean and Jordan Baker and Xavier Moon here on the Basketball Show Podcast Network. You're listening to the Basketball Show Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Paul Sir. I am pleased to be joined by the voice of the Edmonton Stingers of the CEBL, the Edmonton Stingers, of course, the champions in resounding form of the CEBL in the recent CEBL Championship Weekend in Edmonton. I welcome Doug McLean. Doug, good to see you today. Good to see you too, Paul. All right, Doug, you were uh, calling it, uh, you know, throughout the season and you were observing it uh, through the playoffs. The CBC came in with their, with the big guns for the broadcasting. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you, you were, you witnessed the final game and I, I'm going to give you my summary. And then I really want your, your thoughts. Uh, some people have said, well, it shows the disparity in the league. You know, the Stingers are so much better. And I said, no, what it shows is the Stingers are so good because they had a great team at the beginning of the CEBL and they've kept the core together. And that core has flourished and the pieces that have come in around them uh, are very, very good. And what that was, I think, was a demonstrative example of the dominance of this team throughout this season culminating in a you know you know in a lopsided win in the championship game what do you think yeah i couldn't have said it better myself i think you're bang on and i think if you look 
at the Stingers in comparison to teams across the league and how much transformation there has been on other rosters over the course of the year. Now, COVID played a role in a few situations. We know that. But at the same time, I mean, you just look at the constant change and, and adaptation teams had to make with their rosters. It, I mean, you know this as a, as a former coach. I mean, that's really difficult to do. And, and I mean, Niagara's a good example. I mean, Tom Scrub, Thomas Scrub comes in, plays the last game. I think he played six games over the course of the year. Now his brother plays so that you know, on the same team, so they know each other. Cassius Robertson, a big key for them, played obviously with the Canadian national team at the qualifiers in Victoria. He was in and out of their lineup a little. I mean, it's just difficult to, to find that chemistry, whereas the Stingers not only maintain chemistry throughout this year, but as you alluded to, it's a lot of the key players from 2019. So they've just maintained that and built on it over the course of time. And then they've been able to add pieces in. I mean, look how you and I talked at the start of the year, how seamlessly Brady Skeens fit into this lineup. Perfect example of a guy that came in, didn't have to, they didn't have to do a ton for them, but was a massive piece for them when, when they needed him and they could fit him seamlessly in because they had the other pieces around. And so I think continuity makes such a huge, huge difference. COVID again, plays a role in that, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's a big part of the reason why not only were the Stingers the best team, but absolutely no question, the best team in the league. You, you, I, I, I really like that summary, Doug, and, and what I would expand on just a little bit, and I'll talk specifically about Brady. Uh, what I loved about the Stingers was you had your, your superstar uh, in, in Xavier Moon, three-time MVP. The games become in the CEBL. I can't comment on overseas games. I don't know. But the game in the CEBL just like, in, and I would equate it to what you would see in the development of any star in any league, Michael Jordan, uh, LeBron James, it's like the game slows down. And the game, Xavier's so fast, but the game looks so slow. And it's like, he's one of the few players I've seen that can flip the switch. Yeah. He, he, he and, and I'll, I'll make a Jordan comparison again, because I remember in the great bull years, there would be games where first half you'd see very little from him. He was distributing the ball and letting other players get involved. And then the switch went on and he would take games over. Xavier was very much like that. And no better example of that than the Elam ending where he scores the eight points and assists on the, on the game winner and the championship winning basket. But, but going back to Brady, I'm rambling a bit here, but going back to Brady, Brady comes in and he's not a phenomenal athlete, but he's tough, he's physical. And he does a ton of little things. And I think that was the difference that I saw when I had the opportunity to broadcast with you and then watching the other games, Doug, is the Stingers had that great blend that you always hope for of skill players and elite stars with role players who do the little things really well. And one characteristic in the team is they did not mind sharing the ball willingly. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And I think, you know, perfect example of that too is just is how well they rebound the basketball. And I, I had the chance in the championship game, I was sitting behind the, uh, behind one of the baskets and almost every Niagara shot that went up, there would be three blue jerseys right around the rim every single time. They might not have been able to grab the board clean, but they tip it to a teammate, tip it to an open space, and then they'd attack from there. And to me, that's, that speaks exactly what you're talking about is that, that team play, that ability that no one is there. I mean, yes, Xavier Moon's your best player. Jordan Baker's one of your best players, but 
those guys are two of your best. I mean, they make everybody else better around them. They're not trying to do things themselves. They're making everybody else around them better. And I think, and I don't have the exact number in front of me, but I think it was 36 assists on 45 made baskets on Sunday, something like that. I mean, their ability to move the ball, it, it's a joy to watch them play because of how well they do those little things. So if you're an, an, an old school admirer of the game like me and you like that, those little things, how they rebound, how they move the ball. It's not one-on-one, -on -one, clear the floor kind of basketball that you typically see in the NBA. It's it's very much team oriented. How do I make, how do I help my teammates contribute here? How do I support and, and help defensively? Like they they do all those little things so well. And teams just can't, teams can't match that for 40 minutes. They they could teams could barely match that for 20 minutes against them. And you and you and I called games early in the year where they would just they might have a slow start and they had some really slow starts and they would just ratchet it up. I mean, the game against their first game here against Fraser Valley, they were down 28, 14 after the first quarter, go on a 25 0 run and outscore Fraser Valley 32 to four in the second quarter, largely based on how well they, they ratcheted things up defensively swarming everywhere. The rotations are crisp. They, they close out quickly and well, and I'm rambling here myself now, but I mean, the, just the little things that this team continues to do is, is why the opposition just could not stay with them. I'm talking with Doug McLean, voice of the Edmonton Stingers during the regular season, a longtime broadcaster and uh, uh, contributes many, many things in the Edmonton sports community. And he's joining me on the basketball show podcast edition. I, I do want to stay on that point for just a moment. And then I want to do something uh, where we, we talk about other players on the team who don't get an, who don't get much attention, who deserve it in, in, in my opinion. But to that point, when you have two players, your two best players in Xavier and Jordan leading by example, not just in terms of effort, but in terms of enthusiasm and commitment. Mm -hmm. And now you're in your third season together you can't just bring talent in unless it would be vastly superior, which it wasn't yeah. uh, in other team situations and duplicate that. Can you, Doug? You can't. It just doesn't happen like that. Chemistry doesn't come together that quickly. And basketball is such a game of feel and, and understanding teammates and, and where they're going to be and how they're going to react to certain situations. And again, you know this better than me as a, as a former professional player and coach like that stuff doesn't happen overnight like that takes a lot of time I mean, you need the right players to to be in that to create the right chemistry but you need the right amount of time like if you took xavier and jordan and dropped them they'd never met each other and dropped them in somewhere tomorrow they're not going to have that same chemistry that takes a lot of time to build up but i think you're right the, the fact that those two players want to see everybody else on the floor succeed because they know that's the best opportunity for them to succeed I mean, Xavier Moon is the most talented player in the league. He could take over any game he wanted at any point, but he didn't do that because he would, and you'd see it early in games off. I think there were three, maybe four games a season where he had four points in the first half. And yet the Stingers would be up 10, 12, 15 points, but it's because he knows that if he's distributing the ball, he knows if he's attacking off the dribble and then finding open players, that he's making his team better. It's not a, the Xavier Moon show. It's not the Jordan Baker show. And that takes a special type of player when they have that level of talent to be able to find that balance of, of using and showing off that talent, but in a team concept. And this team has done that honestly as well as I've maybe seen any team ever do it. 
Um, and I don't know if that's a credit to Jermaine Small and the coaching staff, the players or everybody, but they've done that extremely well. And I would agree with that. I, I think it started with the construction of the team out of the gate in 2019, astute reading of who players were and the attributes that they brought. And then it's the organization's ability uh, to bring them back and the willingness of the players to stick together. So I think that all of those, that type of chemistry that you described very well, Doug, boy, is that elusive. And, and man, if you and I can bottle that and sell it in either liquid or in a pill form, boy, we'd be wealthy quickly. That, that's for sure. Agreed. So let, let's talk. Uh, you know, I mentioned Brady. Uh, Brady to me was uh, an extension of Jordan Baker. Uh, you know, smart, uh, skillful, willing, but but tough as nails, really good in the low post. What I loved about Skeens is he's old school, to use your term, in terms of his footwork. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get overly technical here, but you do not see many players today who have the kind of footwork with his back to the basket that Brady has. And at times, he would he would go on stretches where the Stingers would get him the ball two, three, four times in a row in the low block, and he would take the game over and score four, six, or eight consecutive points in the paint, which then again, teams start adapting to and start collapsing, which opens up the outside. So I thought Schemes was, to me, he was the key addition to this team. I would agree. And I think there was no, there was no more evidence of that than the Friday night semifinal against Ottawa. And I mean, Ottawa is a team they're built to beat the Stingers because they're built very oppositely to how the Stingers are built. They're big, they're physical. They're not going to necessarily run the floor on you. And they just bang teams around. I mean, they're the only team that beat the Stingers all year. And they almost did it again on, on Friday night. And you saw Jordan uh, get into foul trouble. James Lull, who had come in late in the season and played very well that night. He was he in some foul trouble. I mean, they were, they missed schemes that night because they needed that they needed that size. I mean, they needed that ability. Of course, you only played three Americans, so it would have been tricky to find that balance. But nonetheless, they they missed him that night because not only does he bring that size, but he's got that quickness and the ability to to join the break down the floor. And that and, and we saw that on numerous occasions too, where he could start the break or get out in in transition himself. So, yeah, he was I think a really key piece. And again, just another. And I, I don't claim to know these players other than a you know few quick conversations with some of them. I mean, Jordan Baker, I've seen over the years, of course, but, but it just seemed like Skeens fit in well, pretty seems like a pretty quiet personality, at least on the floor, not overly talkative. And that's kind of what the stingers are like. They're not a big brash, you know, a lot of bravado They're They just get the job done. And Skeens seemed like a perfect person to drop into that kind of kind of mindset. Cause it seems like that's how he likes to play too. Very much so. And, and the, the, the player that I think, is the, to me is the third head on the monster that is the Stingers is Matthew Kamba. Uh, Kamba is, I just think, one of those players, uh, he, first of all, he was the best player in the championship game in the first half. Uh, his athletic ability, I mean, he has NBA athleticism, NBA strength. He's developed his game all around into a, a very good game. He can shoot the ball much more comfortably than he could when he came out of central Arkansas. He has a nice career going on overseas right now, but to your point, again, part of the team, part of the chemistry, not too flamboyant. I really appreciate what I appreciate about the stingers is their minimalist celebration 
throughout the game. These guys bought into the team and they would do certain, they would have certain gestures at certain times, but it never overwhelmed the play. They really stayed in the play. And I thought that to me is another one of the differentiators between them and the other teams in terms of building that cohesiveness and chemistry. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think if you, you know, in terms of Kamba, I mean, it almost unfair to him. I, I sort of think back now when and we didn't talk a lot about him on the broadcast and, and, and that's not a critique of him by any stretch. It's just, he quietly contributes every single night. Like you, you go down and look at the box score and suddenly he's got 16, 18 points. And you're like, <laughs> where did that come? Like, I know. And, and it's, so he's just a quiet bit of an unassuming player. I think there's a bit of fire to him. I and mean, there have been, there were some situations Friday night where, and again, back to the point about cohesiveness, where both teams were getting pretty frustrated with the officiating, whether that was fair or not. And Cam on the stinger side was the one. The other guys weren't too bad. And that you could see some of the teammates sort of like getting over to him. Hey, Matthew, we need you in this game. Like just settle down. So he's the one that's got a little bit of that quiet fire, but you don't, you don't necessarily see it a lot. And I'm sure that's, that's probably something that in the dressing room is a big key. I mean, just another guy that can sort of maybe bring up that level when you need it sometimes, but yeah, I think he's a great example. Edika Peter McNeely, another good example of a player that is had, I mean, six man of the year in the CEBL yeah. able to come off the bench contributes at both ends of the floor and, you know, Canva, Peter McNeely, and those are guys that don't get mentioned anywhere near as much as the Bakers or the moons. But there's no question, again, you look at the box scores and almost every single night, those two guys combined have chipped in anywhere from 20 to 25 points. And you're looking at a 20 point stinger win. And there's no question that those two guys, among others, Marlon Johnson being another name we could mention. And, and we should talk to even the, the guys off the bench, the, the unsung guys. I thought one of the, the better players Sunday in the final was Zach Overwater. I thought he did a great job on Sunday playing a little bit out of his comfort zone. I've watched Zach a lot over the years when he played at Lethbridge, a big body that doesn't always play that big, but he was right into the fight and he was one of the better games I've seen him play at this level. So we saw that with Alex Carson. We saw that with Sasha Kappos, key situations where those guys would come off the bench. I'm forgetting the game now was I think one of the Fraser Valley games and Alex Carson comes off the bench, hits three straight threes. I think he played four minutes in the game and that was it but that was a huge catalyst to turning that game around. So you know, I'm going off on all the players here right now, but again, every player at some point made a contribution. I mean, the Canvas and the Peter McNeilis had more opportunity to do that. Some of the other guys I've mentioned, but everybody had a role here. And I think that's another reason why this team has been so successful. Well said. And I'm talking with Doug McLean, uh, voice of the Edmonton Stingers here on the basketball show podcast edition. Well, uh, two final things. Number one, it, I think the CEBL should have an award for the nicest guy in the world. And that would be Adika Peter McNeely. Like he would win that hands down. Like you couldn't, there's other nice guys, but Adika has a niceness, a gentle niceness about him that, uh, that you just can't even begin to, uh, to describe. I'm very excited. Again, the last tangent, Doug, before I, I, comp, I, I go to the last player I want to talk a bit about. Adika is going to be playing with Team Edmonton in the upcoming right. Montreal Masters. So that's going to be, an, uh, for 3x3 fans, tune into the FIBA YouTube channel coming up because Team Edmonton will have Ross Beckering, who played in the Olympics in 3x3 for the Netherlands, along with Adika Peter McNeely, sixth man of the year in the CEBL, Alex Johnson, who played for Hamilton in the CEBL, and Steve Sir, the top-ranked 
uh, Canadian 3x3 player of all time. So it'll be that'll be a lot of fun. Now, I, we would be remiss. And even though Jordan gets a lot of attention, but I, I'm going to tell you why Jordan Baker is the best overall player in the CEBL. Uh, Xavier Moon is the MVP. Jordan Baker is the best overall player. His last game's numbers are indicative of that. Uh, what you don't, what, what, what you can't teach what Jordan does is his IQ and decision-making in the moment. And that can be as simple as him getting a pass and reversing the ball quickly to him getting the pass and making a decision to penetrate and attack. And then if he has the ability to get all the way to the rim, he will. If the defense adjusts, he will find the open man when he needs it and put the ball on his hands. Doug, you know, as a player, you know, as a coach, what Jordan does and makes look easy is anything but. And so much of it is unteachable. He just, he just has that it factor. He's in phenomenal shape, his overall game and his ability to score in a variety of ways, but it's his defense, it's his, his aptitude, it's thinking two plays ahead. He embodies that. Yeah. I mean, I've been fortunate to watch and call Jordan's game since he first got to the University of Alberta a little over 12 years ago. And he, it's funny, like he really, you watch him Sunday and his game hasn't changed a lot from when he came out of Harry Ainley. I mean, he's, don't get me wrong, he's improved, he's bigger, he's stronger, all that stuff. But the way that he plays hasn't dramatically changed. You're right. He can score in lots of different ways. I mean, he's one of the best rebounders I've ever seen. But he, you're right, that sixth sense that he has is the part that you can't teach. And, and Sunday's game, they're up big. The game's well out of reach. And he fouls right at the four-minute mark to put them That's into even time. That's a good point. Just to get them, just to get that process moving. Yeah. And he timed, I don't know if he knew, but I mean, he knew he was close, but he almost, it was almost 401. And <laughs> Small might not have been too happy had he done it then, but but yeah, he's a coach on the floor. It's why he's going to be a successful coach at Nate. I think you've seen the growth of players. If we go to the University of Alberta angle as an assistant coach there, the, the growth of players like Brody Clark later in his U of A career and how, I mean, you talk about guys with incredible footwork in the paint. He's the best I've seen maybe anywhere in the last 15 years. It, you know, and there's another guy that could have been on the Stingers roster. Geez, can you imagine that if that had him playing what that would have done in his third year in the league? Um, you look at Adam Page, played with the Fraser Valley Bandits, and we'll go back to play with the Alberta Golden Bears and, and the evolution of his game. I, that has to be a lot of what Jordan was able to bring to uh, bring to, to Adam, too. And so they've, yeah, Jordan just does a lot, of, and he surprises players. I think they look at him, think, ah, oh, here's a big guy. Okay, he's not going to be able to, you know, yeah, there can be certain things he can do. He can crash the boards hard, and he's going to be physical defensively. Next thing you know, he's crossing you over at midcourt because he's the point guard bringing the ball up the floor. He's the guy shooting the three because he's opened himself up for that shot, making, you know, no luck passes to guys you don't even know are there. I, I think he sh shocks, even though people in this league know him and have probably played him the last year, I think he shocks people with what he does. Um, and yeah, I, Nate's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how the Nadukes do because I think that's going to become a very different program I don't claim to know a lot about the Nadukes. I haven't watched them a lot, but um, in the last few years, but I, I think they're going to be a very different program because of that unteachable stuff that he brings that, you know, his parents, Doug and Tricks have brought to him. 
um, it's going to be really interesting to watch him. It, it really is. And uh, that was very well said again about Jordan. He does surprise everybody that plays against him because, you know, you see him, he's physically imposing. But it's the little stuff that you do that, to be honest, other guys just can't do. No, they, they would can't. never see. And, and I speak with humility in that as a, a former player. Just that, that when you play against somebody who's special like that, you, you, you realize over the course of 40 minutes, like, wow, that didn't show up on the stats sheet, but he beat us this way, this way, and this way. And, and Jordan is one of those guys that transcends stat sheets in terms of his impact on the game. Yeah, Doug, I, uh, I am afraid we are out of time. Regrettably, I really enjoyed working with you on the sideline. That was a lot of fun this year. Uh, who knows? Maybe in the future we'll, we'll do it again. But thanks so much for your insights today. Doug McLean, voice of the Edmonton Stingers, joining me on the basketball show. Thanks again, Doug. My pleasure, Paul. Thanks for having me. You're listening to the Basketball Show Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Paul Sir. I am, wow, I don't, I don't even know what the right words are. These guys are so much younger than me. I hate to use the term honored, but I'm going to use it anyway. I'm honored to be joined by two key players. And uh, I think that's an understatement. And the CEBL Championship Edmonton Stinger lineup, uh, MVP for the third time in the league, Xavier Moon. Xavier, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And Jordan Baker, uh, certainly one of the main contributors to the success of the Stingers, uh, was Canadian of the Year last year. I would, if I were you, Jordan, I'd demand a recount this year, but uh, runner-up for Canadian of the Year in the league and, and champion Jordan Baker joining me. Thanks, Jordan. Thanks, Paul. Always a pleasure to be on. All right, guys. Uh, I mean, 36-point victory in the championship game a team that I would describe in the Stingers playing, I won't say loose, I just would say confidently. The confidence that your team exuded from start to finish against a very good Niagara team was really something to watch. Uh, Xavier, I'm going to start with you. Would you say that was a fitting ending to a very special season? Most definitely. Um, that's that's exactly how we wanted to come out and play. Um, we know we know it was the last game, so we just left it all out there on the floor. And I feel like um, that was probably like one of our best games overall. I I would certainly echo that because when you when you look at the stat line, I think it was something. Uh, and Doug McLean, voice of the Stingers uh, on the CBC Gem broadcasts talked about how he, he he thought the figure was 36 assists, Jordan, on 45 baskets. That's an incredible ratio. And you as a, a player and a coach, I mean, those are kind of dream numbers, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, one of the things we've hung our hat on all year has been unselfish basketball. Um, and so that number really reflects that. But I think, you know, for us, we're at our best when we can – get stops at the defensive end and then get out and run in transition. And, you know, by the middle of the third quarter, we could kind of see the light fading out of Niagara's eyes. And we kind of knew it was, um, it was ours for the taking. And if we could manage to get some stops on the defensive end and get out and run, we were going to get some easy ones. And 
obviously uh, when you're making two passes for either a, a naked three or a wide open layup, you know, your assist numbers are going to be pretty damn high. And, and high they were. Uh, Xavier, talk about the unselfishness on this team. And I, and I have two parts to this, to this question. Part number one, how important is it that you have this nucleus of players from year one that have carried through to year three? And two, what would you attribute the unselfishness to? Because, you know, quite frankly, in the pro leagues, and you guys both know this, there's a lot of, a lot of players that are thinking about their numbers because they're thinking about their next job. You would right. never know that watching the Stingers. So talk about point one and point two, please, Xavier. Um, I think that has a lot to do with us being uh, so familiar with each other from that first year. Um, we're all comfortable with each other. We all know what to expect. Um, and that's just what we built at Edmonton. Uh, there's no egos. Like I tell people all the time, like I can easily come out and say that I'm going to take this many shots or that many shots, but there's nobody on our team like that. Um, and I think everybody's focused on the main goal. Um, I don't think every other team is like that. Like you said, you got guys coming in um, trying to get stats to go on to their next job. But when we're playing in Edmonton, we're worried about what's happening in Edmonton. I mean, I think Small has done a great job of recruiting players that have that same mentality as the core group that he keeps bringing back. So I think that's, that has a lot to do with our success. Jordan, I, I, I'd really like your comments on the very good comments that uh, Xavier just made. Yeah, um, I mean, lucky for me, my next job is, um, from a basketball perspective, the Edmonton Stingers in 2022. So um, I'm certainly not worried about getting my numbers up. And there's times <laughs> where I have to beg, there's times where I have to beg Xavier to shoot the ball more because he's so unselfish. Um, but yeah, I think you know, Adika is the is the same way um, in terms of his unselfishness. And the three of us have kind of formed sort of a leadership group on our team. And um, everyone else has done a great job of following suit and trying to play the right way. Um, and like Xavier said, that doesn't look to be the case across the league. So we've kind of built somewhat of a unique situation um, in Edmonton. But, you know, I think when you look at the core group that Jermaine has brought back over the last three years, um, I'm sure Xavier is getting sick of me in the locker room every day, but um, we get along pretty well with each other. And, uh, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things is we care about each other um, as human beings off the court as well. And um, obviously winning back-to-back -back championships is going to create some bonds that, that aren't going to be broken for a long time. For sure. You're listening to the Basketball Show Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Paul Sir, along with Xavier Moon and Jordan Baker of the Edmonton Stingers CEBL Championship team. Xavier, you're a young man, but you've played a lot of basketball. It is rare to get a team that blends like this. It is, it, and I was joking earlier when I was talking to Doug that, boy, if I could bottle liquid or tablet form team chemistry, Edmonton Stinger team chemistry, and sell it, I'd make a lot of money. <laughs> you know, based on uh, playing a lot of basketball, it's rare to get a team to blend like this, isn't it? For sure. It is very hard. 
because you, you have teams where you have egos, you have one or two egos, so you have to figure out how to manage those. And then you have guys that aren't quite bought into what you're trying to do, so it makes it a lot harder for your team to gel. But on this team, it, it comes so natural because we've all been together. Um, and like I said before, there's no egos. We all plan for each other. So it, make, it makes my job a lot easier, and I'm sure it makes Small's job a lot easier too. Jordan, yourself, same thing. I mean, you played for George Hoyt at Harry Ainley. You played at the University of Alberta. You've been on some really good basketball teams, but this is special, isn't it? For sure. And I think what differs from what we've got going um, in Edmonton versus some other professional environments is this team does feel almost like a college team. Um, and that has to do with the longevity of, you know, guys coming back year after year. But, you know, you, you think about the professional one-year contract type of situation that you're in a lot of the time. Um, and, and guys are there and treating it like a business. Um, or we treat it a little bit more like a family. Uh, we understand that guys have committed and invested a lot of time to come back and play in Edmonton. And as much as I love the city, it's not exactly a picturesque tourist destination. So for guys from Toronto to come out to Edmonton and give up, you know, their four months of the summer to, to come play ball with us, we understand that it's a big sacrifice. Um, and, you know, we want to be able to provide them with the best, best basketball experience. And that's not... You know, guys just trying to get their numbers up. That's not guys um, treating it like a like just a job. We want guys to come in and feel like you're part of something bigger. Um, and credit to the Edmonton community, especially you know, in the last two, three weeks of the season, coming out and showing that the whole city is behind them. You know, Jordan, I, I, I like that. And it's something that I find all I've always found interesting about Edmonton is it's a really unique and unusual city that's hard to quantify because it isn't the metropolitan sprawl and attraction of a Toronto. It uh, isn't the beautiful city like a Vancouver. It isn't the cultural uh, historical city like Montreal. It isn't even in the foothills of the Rockies like our neighbors to the south in Calgary. But, and, and I'll share with you guys a comment that uh, of a consultant, a business consultant from Indianapolis once made to me. And he said, I don't know what it is about this city, but man, does it punch above its weight in terms of being an interesting and enjoyable city to, to run events in. Uh, Xavier, again, with all of your travels, with all the cities that you've played and been in, what is it about Edmonton that is unique? Because when I watch you out there, I know you, you, you cannot conceal, and not that you try to, you cannot conceal the joy that you feel playing in this city. What is it about Edmonton? Well, like you said, uh, it's not Toronto or Vancouver. Um, I feel like it would be a lot harder to play in a city like that uh, because of so much thing, so many things going on in that city. Um, and for me, I'm from a small town. So I think Edmonton gives me that, that, that small town family vibe um, from the first year that we were there. Um, the support has been shown. So I feel like that's what, keep, that's what really keeps attracting me back to the city, um, not just the basketball, but the city itself. Jordan, you're an Edmonton native. You've spent your whole life here. Like, like you, you pointed out uh, what, what it is that the city doesn't have. 
what does it have that keeps you here and keeps you so enthused about the stingers and so enthused about the city to make your to make your life here yeah um I mean, first things first, I'll never say anything good about Calgary. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if we'd go there or not, but yeah. uh, okay, that's out there. All right. Yeah. I am a true Edmontonian, so that that hatred runs deep. Um, <laughs> but Edmonton, um, it, it's funny, especially as a destination in the summer, um, is beautiful. Uh, for me, I go to the, to the Twilliger Dog Park and walk along the river every single day in the summer, and um i can't imagine anywhere more beautiful you know our river valley is is tremendous in the summers now obviously the winters take some acclimatizing um but you know from a perspective of just the people in edmonton i think it's like a genuine they care about people that represent edmonton the right way um and so when we get guys like xavier coming back year after year after year um and showing that he um, is willing to put on his best performance um, with Edmonton across his chest. I think people really respect that. People really appreciate that. Um, and, you know, they're willing to come out and support um, when someone puts a, a valid, honest effort forward. And so that's just a credit and a testament to not only the, the players, the Edmonton Stingers, but also our fan base and, and those in the city who um, like to come out and watch good basketball. You know, guys, uh, when I first moved here uh, from the States, after a couple of years, once, first of all, I got, uh, you know, acclimatized to the days in the summer being 19 hours long and, you know, the, the lack of humidity coming from the Midwest U.S. and, and really started to get a sense for and appreciate the city. And, the, and I'm from a small town as well, Xavier. What my conclusion was is that Edmonton's like a town of 20,000 people that a million people happen to live in because it really does have that, that small town feel. Right. Now, Xavier, I'm going to ask you a question. This, and this is, an, a, this is an, a, a hypothesis that I came up with. In your first season with the Stingers, you had a knee injury. You had to go home, and I believe it was for surgery as well as rehab. And you wanted to come back. So you go home. You go through the process. You wanted to come back. Now, I heard through the grapevine, you paid your way back. Now, that may or may not be true, but you wanted to come back. And a lot of teams would have said, you know what? We're not sure, etc." But your desire to come back and not only coming back, but finishing the season off as the MVP, was that the, uh, was that the culminating combination of events that really galvanized your commitment to this team and to this community? Um, well, first off, I, it wasn't a knee injury. I had a stress fracture uh, okay. in my, All right. my metatarsal. So I had, a, I had a stress fracture in my foot, um, probably because I had just, I literally came from my uh, winter season in London and then came straight to Edmonton. Um, but I, and I didn't need surgery. So, but at the time that I got hurt, um, they were saying that it could have been worse than it was. So even though like I went through all protocol and practice um, and I actually was fine, but they were telling me if, if I heard it worse, then it could possibly like end my career. So um, I made a decision to go home um, and, and Baker actually seen me like playing while I was at home. Um, I had, I had quite a few people asking me, am I hurt? Like, why, why did I leave? 
But like having the opportunity to come back um, and Schmall giving me that opportunity was was like that probably was the determining factor, especially for me to come back and win MVP um, after missing like seven or eight games. So I think that was like the determining factor um, for me to keep coming back and staying in Edmonton. It's a great story, and and and, and I'm glad you you did the fact check on my telling a completely wrong story there. So <laughs> I, I do appreciate that, Xavier. Jordan, you're unusual uh, it, from this standpoint as a basketball player. And you, you stated it earlier. You know your next playing job is next year with the Edmonton Stingers. You're not going overseas. What, what, when I say you're unusual, it's the level that you play at. The fact that you're improving year after year while not pursuing this career overseas. Uh, you're, you've gone a different path with your life. What do you attribute your ability to continue improving to? Um, well, I'm sure a lot of players at the professional level would love to have eight months to just rest and relax their bodies and be ready for a quick four month season. So that could be part of it. Um, I'm very fresh in the first few games with Edmonton Stingers because I haven't done a ton of stuff and I don't have the the bumps and bruises and wear and tear that a lot of guys do so that could be part of it the other thing is um I try to use what I'm learning for as a coach um to impact my game on the floor uh try to make myself be as um efficient as possible with my effort now that I've I've hit 30 it's all downhill from here but um, you know, oh, just, being just able wait. To play off, play, being able to play off talented guys like Xavier and uh, Matthew Kamba and Marlon Johnson, and you know, the list goes on and on of guys that you know come in and make my life easier. And you know, if I can set a couple screens and get a couple rebounds, um, you know, I've done my job. So Small's done a great job of building a roster, and I just kind of fill in where I'm where I'm able. You're listening to the Basketball Show Podcast Edition. I'm your host Paul Sir, along with Xavier Moon and Jordan Baker of the CEBL champion, Edmonton Stingers. All right, Xavier, what's next for you? Um, I actually signed to go to Italy. Um, so I'll be leaving here in a couple of weeks, um, but I actually got a, um, a, a workout with Santa Cruz um, in a couple of weeks also. So I got to kind of figure out what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a tough one, isn't it? Because, uh, the appeal and the allure of, of Santa Cruz and what that could lead to versus going over to, uh, to Italy, but which by the way, either of those options, I feel really badly for you, Xavier, they sound terrible, Santa Cruz or Italy, <laughs> but, uh, right. but, but yeah, you do have some soul searching to do, don't you? Yes, yeah, sir. But I mean, I'm, I'm sure I, I got time to make the right decision and whatever decision I choose to make, then I'll live with it. Well, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that you have a difficult decision like that to make, Xavier. You deserve to have to make that kind of decision because of, what's go, because of what you are as a player and as a person. Uh, Jordan, you have a unique path coming up, a new challenge for yourself as the head coach of the Nate Ukes this year. Yeah, we uh, get started after the Labor Day long weekend, officially, officially. So, um Hopefully my guys are hitting the treadmill a little bit before then, or else it's going to be a rude awakening. <laughs> well, 
it, it will be a rude awakening for them, but it, for all the right reasons. Uh, Xavier Moon, league MVP, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. Jordan Baker, the uh, what I consider to be the uh, turbocharged V8 engine of the Edmonton Stingers. Thank you both for joining me today and uh, for sharing sharing your reflections on what was a very special season and a very special accomplishment with your winning the CEVL championship for the second year in a row. Always good to be on, man. Always good to be here. This has been the Basketball Show Podcast Edition with Jordan Baker and Xavier Moon. I'm your host, Paul Sir. I want to thank you for joining me today. I had a lot of fun talking with Doug, with Jordan, and with Xavier. There's a lot to reflect on and be proud of and an awful lot to be looking forward to with the Edmonton Stinger organization and the growing and the thriving CEBL, bringing a great brand of basketball to our country and as well providing such opportunities for Canadians to play as professionals on our home soil. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I look forward to being with you again soon. I'm your host, Paul Sir. This has been the Basketball Show Podcast Network, the CEBL edition. Have a great day on and off the court. Mm-hmm.